take us away. Who's taking us away? You're taking us away. I haven't got anything prepared. I thought you. Yeah, I, I, you always do the intro. Yeah, but well, I thought this could be our you intro. were saying that you had an intro. No, I didn't say I had an intro. I said I did an agenda. Oh, well, now I've got an agenda and it's against you. I've no, got the impression that, that. You, you've got a vague awareness of what's going on. Well, why don't you pull something off the top of your hat? Uh, see well, yeah, I'll, I'll, what's, okay. it, what's in the news? Fucking Boris uh, and being balanced and proportional and how I'll be neither of those things. He used that in his fucking conference like an hour ago. Fine. Let's try that. Welcome back to the Cockleball Podcast, where we look at all things Spurs and at the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Harley. I'm Tom, aka Fen, and a bit like Bernie, I've got absolutely nothing prepared for this podcast introduction. <laughs> uh, joining me tonight is this one solitary figure today, because uh, he had a two bottled it, but um, it's the booster we all didn't need, it's Jules, how are you doing? <laughs> You're right, fella. Uh, yeah, uh, not a bad <laughs> week. How, how have you been? I've been alright, actually. I find... Um, uh, before this recording, I, I just sneezed out of the blue. I don't know if this is normal. Am I normal? I sneeze at any slight change in temperature, I sneeze. It gets I too mean, cold in the room, I sneeze. Because obviously I don't have the heating on all the time because I've just got my heating bill. And I don't, I don't know if this is normal, but please write in. But my last heating bill was £120. It's a one-bed flat. Uh, yeah, I, I think that is a thing because ours wasn't far off that. Um, and it's about the same size. I think it doesn't help as well that with a Mediterranean girlfriend, she thinks that the weather here is an absolute piss take. Every time we go out for a coffee, she's just fuming at the fact that we're here and not back in France. Um, but there's there's little I can do about that. As I say, me don't speak French no good. So you know what? I need mm. <laughs> need a hand. It's the way it goes. Um, and how was your uh, if, for, for all listeners? It was Fen's birthday. Twenty eight years well, thanks, old. Guys. Thank, thanks, people. Yeah, that's some uh, personal information that you've just put on the internet. You GDPR nightmare, that's what you are. Um, but thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's about a week after Ashley's, actually. And he got a happy birthday from Flav. And I'll just get one from you. Um, but thank you. Yes, I don't really know what I did because it's like a week ago now. And I just neglected this podcast, which is, is what all responsible podcast hosts do. Um I also think, though, yeah, when, you, when you're turning 28, do you really do anything for your birthday or do you just realise you're in the, snow, the slow sort of inexorable decline now? And you just got to you're like a footballer who's just praying for no more ACLs. That's all you yeah, are now. You're pretty just, much. You're just praying yeah. for no more major injuries. That's it. Like a solid run to your 33. And that'll do. Yeah, because you physically peak at 25, don't you? And then after that, you're essentially in decay. <laughs> so then you're just focusing on staying alive. In, once you get to 27, you can still say in your head, I'm mid-20s, I'm in my mid-20s. Then you hit 28 and you think, oh my fuck, what am I going to do with my life now? Because I still haven't done anything I said I'd try and achieve. But, but look, I've just great little plug. Obviously, we had Flav from the Fighting Cock on a couple of weeks ago. Great guest. He said, and it really surprised me, that his 30s, he's 40 now, but his 30s were his best years. I, I can't fathom that. I, li- I live in absolute trepidation of having any sort of responsibility. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being 30 because then my grey hair will be. Less- <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, it kind of puts me in the right kind of the fact that I've got grey hair and I just want a dog. And, um, you know, it, yeah. it all becomes easier when I'm 30. So in a way, positive, positive attitude. That's the way to yeah, think positive of it. Positive mental attitude. 
positive mental exactly. attitude, which, look at this for a segue, we lacked on Thursday against oh, Mora. <laughs> <laughs> we lacked. We lacked, we lacked a lot of things on Thursday against Mora. It wasn't just a positive mental attitude. It was uh, players who had working footwear and weren't slipping and sliding like it was down at the, the fucking seaside. Um, players who gave a shit um, and who are good enough not to just panic when something doesn't go their way. Um, shit show, no? Clusterfuck. Yeah, I mean, in particular, we lacked a player for the majority of the game, which... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> never goes down well I loved all that it was it was I should have put money on it it was always going to happen you had all that build up Sess is back from injury 30 million pounds from Fulham many years ago it was supposed to be a rising star never seen him come through he's been very unlucky with injuries this system's going to suit him Conte's going to turn him into an animal and it was what 19 minutes I don't know what it was midway through the first half whatever uh, and a midway, silly midway through second the second of the ball did can I ask though, and, and this isn't just the Fulham connection in me coming to the fore. Yeah. Do you think it was a red card? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. That's not what you wanted to hear, was it? Well, I don't know. I, I just, when I saw it, I thought, was that it? You know, when you're sort of watching a highlight clip and you're like, is it further on in the clip? I thought it was so innocuous. Mm. Like, like he's really not done much there. And I, I worry... You know, if I'm Cessna, you're coming back from injury and everyone's been saying like, oh, you don't play with enough like sort of aggression in your game. And Conte is your manager trying to pump you up for it. And you want to show that you can embody what the skills that he wants on the pitch. You go out there, you put in two tackles, which aren't bad tackles. And suddenly you're in the dressing room. Um, bit shit, really. Yeah. But I also, at the same time, I think they're bad tackles. And if I was to have my cynical hat on and say, well, if I was a, a Mura fan, like one of the fucking eight of them, wherever many there are, um, <laughs> fuck them. I'd be crying out for that red card. Not just, now willing to dig not just people in other towns in the UK, but other people in towns across Europe. We're willing to expand mm. our shithousery, are we? Yeah, yeah we, should, we should take our hatred for shithouse international. Um, by the way, <laughs> is, is, it, is it Maribor where it's actually, where they're actually based? I believe so. Yeah, I saw some some of the journalists, like the, the, the regular Tottenham journalists, like Jonathan Veal, I think, was out there. Mm. It's really nice. <laughs> I haven't been to Slovenia. It's a really nice place. But right here, right now, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Right here, right now, fuck him. And you think it was a fair red card? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's one of those where literally I've seen him given. It was given. Uh, mm. And I don't think it was too unfair. I wasn't, I wasn't too begrudged. It was one of those where I was more like, more angry at the player than the referee. I was, well, more more disappointed, which is even worse. And, I mean, the crazy thing is that actually, as you say, that happens midway through the first half. And even though we're down to 10 men, given the players we have and the players hypothetically they have, we should have still, I think, been able to get at least a draw out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How much do you say, obviously, the last kick of the game, they win it. Mm. Is that bad luck? How, how much do you read into that? Is that just so, you know, the nature of football, that can happen? In that respect, were we unlucky? Or was that just, we should have avoided the situation completely, regardless? I'm leaning towards it was unlucky, because it is the last kick of the game. and therefore... <laughs> Because you're clinging on to hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying my best. Positive <laughs> attitude. Um, but also, th- their goal in the first half is an absolute stunner. 
it's a oh, great yeah. goal yeah. so I, I in a way you, this is the thing right like we could easily come away and we'll talk about all the shit parts in a second but i'm trying to keep people positive on their audio <laughs> journey for the early stage um you know yes there were lots of shit things but there's a bit of a wonder goal and then there's the last kick of the game and both goals come from players literally slipping over um and we were a bit unlucky with the red and we got a goal i, I think it's unlucky, but there are also some underlying issues which were thrown uh, as ever into kind of into light, if you'd agree. Yeah, I think to an extent, is Sanchez unlucky for slipping twice? Do I still think you could have shown a player down the line and negated the real threat as well? Maybe if he wasn't putting putting himself in such a position where he's relying on that turn, he's mm. not slipping if he's just moving forward and moving the opposition further towards the byline. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not too happy with Sanchez about that. I do still hold him semi-responsible. What I do find hilarious is that I'm still not convinced I've seen Galini ever make a save because we always <laughs> concede these wonder goals, these absolute minnows in Europe. Yes, I include people like Vitesse in that because fuck them. Um, yeah, and Renes. I'm not even going to mispronounce it deliberately wrong because fuck them, they're minnows. And I feel like he's just there every time. And he, I want to see him show me how good of a goalkeeper he is. And every time he just gets pelted, absolutely put past him. He doesn't move because he can't. He, there's nothing he can do about certainly the first goal. Um, I mean, there's yeah. there's nothing he's done, you know, in my view, which has been spectacularly good or spectacularly bad since his arrival. Because as you say, it's just yeah. been one of the yeah. goals. Um, <laughs> and there's no argument. Hugo Lloris is an absolutely fantastic first choice keeper. So, yeah, I, I don't think really for me, the conversation is about uh, about, about Galini. Um Davies and Sanchez just always grind my gears. You know this from having lived with me, from hearing me chuck stuff at the wall when when we're watching games together. Um, but the, the two things, two names that I want to chat about before we do move on and leave this kind of sordid affair behind. Deli Ali, what did you make of that? Um, I don't know. There were, there were times where he was being completely petulant. And I mean, we've seen his petulant self throughout mm. his career he's been he's very good at the art of shithousery which has yeah. been to his credit before and I think now it's to his to his detriment um he 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 he's finished that's it that's it. I'm gonna say it there I, I genuinely think he's finished I don't even want to see him in a spare shirt again because he's had so much opportunity he's not alone in that there are other players as well who I think you've had the opportunity I saw that lineup and I was excited. In particular, I saw his name and I thought, well, mm. now is your time. New manager to go again. And he had the chance under Mourinho and he, he slipped out of the team and faded away, despite initially being a, you know, his shining knight in armour at the, the start of Mourinho's tenure. Then Nuno started off with an eye for him and then he faded out of the team again. And he's just this constant, constant theme where you just think, well, maybe... Maybe it's not the manager. Maybe it's not the situation, the scenario around the club. I have now come to the conclusion that it's now the player because he's had so much opportunity to do something about the situation that he's in because we know the quality he's got. It's undeniably, you know, that old sort of cliche, there's a player in there somewhere. Of course there's a player mm. in there. We've seen it. But it's just that if it there's a player in there, it's, it, just that if there's a player in there, it's like, in the world of sort of Russian dolls, 
you want it to be the big Russian doll that's like fuck off intimidating and instead it's the little baby one that's got like nothing yeah. to it like he's he as you say you know there's someone there um I hear oh that sounds like a nice beer there's the satisfying sound of a man who's <laughs> cracking on with his Tuesday the, evening. A session IPA <laughs> in a good Tuesday um no, I, I I agree I think something we we kind of all need to recognize um no and not just with with Delhi but with a lot of the other players think in our squad because I, I get the feeling a clear out is coming. Um, is that? That's because of your IBS. <laughs> Not mine, Jim's. Um... <laughs> no, no, that's Ash. That's Ash. Wait, no, oh, it's yeah. coffee and bananas and avocados that go straight through you. Yes, there we go. Yes. Um, People needed to uh, know. And, and and equally like the things that should go straight through the Spurs cord, one of which would be Deli Ali. Um, <laughs> I, segue. I, I, I segue back in. I think. I don't know. The challenge that we sometimes forget is that while we've gone through managers and we've had like the end of Poch and then Mourinho, which ended up being pretty toxic and turbulent, and then we've had Nuno and that's gone wrong, and now you're into Conte, is that Conte's not inheriting. They're the same names, but these are all players who have like wasted two years where they needed to get back on track. So in the last two three years since Poch. You know, Delhi can no longer be, well, give him a season, let's build him back in. You know, it has to be now or not. And it doesn't seem like it's there. Davies and Sanchez are the players they're going to be. Harry Winks is the player he's going to be. Like, for a lot of these guys, this is their level. And it might be frustrating that they there was an opportunity for some of these guys to be, to, to be better players, perhaps under a better manager. But the reality is, you need a clear out. You've got to clear the decks um, mm. and kind of bring in the right kind of guys and I think on to the second big point about this game for me and fine enough not to do with the game um Antonio Conte afterwards um his words were pretty emphatic about his view on where the squad is wasn't it and sort of the direction he and the level he thinks that we have hmm. yeah that level is clearly quite quite low look it's certainly from a depth point of view he's very clearly set on on the sort of starting 11 that, that he's going to play with Mm. Um, just looking at some of the other notes I wrote down in Muro, which are quite entertaining. I'll just rattle them off for you now, um, because <laughs> I was obviously quite upset. Uh, in regards to Delhi, I've written he's finished. Haven't seen the Delhi this finish since the last time I took Ashley to an Italian buffet. <laughs> so it's yeah, amazing what you write when you're angry. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote something actually about Kane's goal. I enjoyed Kane's goal. I, I will talk about Kane for a bit because. Mm. To give him some credit, obviously it was a fantastic finish for the goal. Mm. And he does, he did, I thought he tried hard in that game. But I thought it was largely ineffective, partly because he wasn't very well supported and partly because he was trying to do a little bit too much on his own. Constantly looking for that, that wonder goal where you just think, well, actually, the, sometimes there is a better pass on and you're mm. fixated with, with getting that goal. Um, <laughs> but when... Lucas played that ball into him and I, w- I wasn't convinced because of the game he'd had where he'd been perhaps a little bit wasteful on the ball I was not convinced that he would finish so mm. to give him credit he did well from that angle uh, but I really enjoyed the ball from Lucas as well I don't I don't think that should uh, that should go unsaid it it sort of <laughs> rolled in between his two poor Moura defenders he, I don't know they just didn't move it, moved, it rolled perfectly between it was like rolling a grenade between the Chuckle brothers <laughs> just kind of stood there watching it going oh to me to you to shit to <laughs> yeah. so harry kane who just put it away i mean i mean maybe i'm being harsh on kane because of the summer 
I think we're all we'll, a bit I think, addictive to it. Yeah, we've all we've all got a bit of a sort of chip on the shoulder, don't we? Um, about Harry Summer. Um, but no, look, I mean, he's going to score some great goals because he is a really good goal scorer. Um, but I do think that you know you, you mentioned Lucas's pass to him. I always think he looks best when he's got players in and around him, when he's mm. got support, when he's got pace running off him, because he's not got those attributes himself so he needs the movement around um it was a delightful finish but yeah not a good not a good outing um and it does leave us with quite a big uh, hill to climb if we're going to qualify um it seems ridiculous that we're actually talking about the, the, the potential <laughs> out of the fucking group in the europa conference league that, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not a sense that pochettino thought we'd be saying when when he took us to a champions league final <laughs> three years yeah. ago is it <laughs> it's a fall from grace. A couple of other quick notes that I quite enjoyed. Um, I was watching the game on my PlayStation, and literally the final whistle went, and Ashley came online, which I thought was quite funny. So presumably he was just trying to simulate his way out of the group, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, I've also written, bad players don't learn from mistakes. What does that make, Sanchez? <laughs> Christ, I must have been grumpy. Um, <laughs> what I also quite enjoyed, I wrote this sort of after the event as well, that I, went, I was flicking through uh, Instagram and at full time Spurs just put, you know, they do these pictures with, yeah. you know, normally the scoreline written over the top. It just said full time, nothing else, yeah. no, no reference to the score, no reference to the shocking result. I just think for fuck's sake, this is where we're at just, now. They could, they could just simplify it in future and just put like football and that's it. Just have the photo. <laughs> football like, happened. Football Let's happened. Let's talk about it. And yet here we are. Support for this podcast, uh, Cock and Ball, is brought to you by, very aptly, Manscaped, uh, who are the best in uh, men's below-the-waist grooming, uh, and they're the champions of the world out there. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped have just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, you heard that correct, the 4.0. So you could join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We can give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping uh, with what code, Ashley? Clean balls. Clean balls. You got it. Cock and ball offer you clean balls. Go to manscaped.com. You can get 20% off uh, and free worldwide shipping just in time for Christmas, uh, which is absolutely perfect timing for us. Manscaped's been very good for us, Ash. They've uh, very kindly sent us the lawnmower for, amongst other things, um, it's a nice, sleek, well-designed thing, actually. What did you make of it? Yes, yeah, fantastic. It's 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 nice and lightweight. You feel like you've got control of it, but you can feel just how well it's made. And they mentioned precision engineering there, and it really is fantastic. I've been using it, and my todger is tamed, my testes are trimmed, and I feel like a new man. <laughs> fantastic. I've always lived. Uh, it's always trepidous, isn't it, when you're trying to use what essentially the shaver you use on your face on your own balls and look no no one likes the old nip and tuck and it's not guaranteed but i thought i felt so much i was a lot more comfortable and confident using this uh, than i have done using my own shaver which i use on my own face and to be fair i felt pretty good I used the ball deodorant as well didn't know that it was a thing but it is quite nice wasn't it fantastic there's no chafing going on down there mate no absolutely not uh so to be fair, Manscaped did send us this, but I thought it was actually pretty good. 
So get 20% off and free shipping with the code CLEANBALLS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code CLEANBALLS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Anyway, let's seamlessly mix back into the podcast. And that is kind of what happened on Saturday was we took a photo and then nothing happened. Um, or was it <laughs> or so- Sunday even? Um, it was, yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Um, God saving us from uh, a nice game against Burnley uh, and Sean Dyche in that in that uh, wintry environment. And um, fuck me, he's hard walking around in just a shirt in, in that much snow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see... Um... That a journalist sort of didn't challenge him on it, but sort of pointed it out to him. And Sean Dyke just went, I was out there for 14 seconds. <laughs> all that art. Is this all you've got? Is this all the news you've got today? It's me wearing a shirt. He just, looks like, he just looks like the most terrifying PE teacher to me. That's all I can think of. I see, I see Sean Dyke. I'm, just, I'm expecting him just to be like, right, lads, it's the bleak test today. Like, like yeah. that man, like, he just chews on gravel. He puts gravel in his fucking, fucking porridge in the morning. He goes so walks gravel. out. Yeah, garbage rounds. And then he walks mm. out onto the pitch in a shirt, takes one look and goes, yeah, that's playable. Does that classic yeah. move that a teacher does where they like stamp on stamp on the ground and they're like, oh, it's playable. You're like, no, it's not. It's rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, well, you play on hard ground. This is hard ground. What's the problem? What more do you, what more do you need? Um, do you think a bit of a blessing in disguise? Well, it was for me because the Moore game reminded me that two things. We've got a real lack of quality in our squad depth. That, that, I mean, we don't need to go on about it. We, we know it. We know it's, it's a thing. The players yeah. who started that game, predominantly the players, um, yeah. aren't, aren't fit to, to really wear the shirt anymore, which is a crying shame. But I was just so relieved because obviously the, the Conte come in and I was really excited. And the Moore game is just completely deflated that that hot air balloon <laughs> you know it's now just my hot air balloon is now just draped over the skywalk me trying to desperately find a way out i was really excited about watching Conte games then i reminded myself by virtue of that game that mm. we still have the same squad which isn't Conte's fault at all but we're still shit so <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to see i really wasn't looking forward to it it's going to be a combative game uh, mm. which i thought we'd edge but I didn't think it would be an interesting spectacle. I didn't think we'd continue to implement Conte's ideas as quickly as we would like, but obviously we need to be patient because this isn't his squad. Uh, and and with his CV, he buys himself some time. Oh, he buys himself, you know, a year and a half because <laughs> that's yeah. how long we've given him. Um, yeah. No, it's, he's, look, he's clearly a fantastic manager. We don't need to go over that again. Everyone knows it. This is not his squad. All the comments after the Murray game about, you know, and, and I think he actually did an interview back in uh, back with Gazzetta della Sport uh, in Italy um, last week as well. And he basically said, look, <laughs> the facilities are world class as a business operation. It's world class. The backroom staff are world class. Mm. The players are not. And yeah. if you have that, then you can have all the great pretty stadium you want, but you're not going to win trophies. And mm. All we can see is, for me, it's a, it's a race to January. Um, it's a race to see what we can do there. And then it's a race to the summer. And next season's probably his his kind of full gallop at the title. Um, in the meantime, you just hope that he can build and keep us in contention. I think 
if we could finish in the Europa League this mm. season, which feels ambitious to me right now, and isn't that sad to say? Um, <laughs> but if we could, but if we yeah. could, that would give him opportunity next season to, I think, you know, have a real have a real tilt at some European competition. We could stand mm. a good chance in with a slightly better squad and have a good run in the Prem. So we've got to be positive, um, and it's I suppose it's one postponed fixture, um, but it also means we now have. Uh, back-to-back games against newly promoted teams which I suppose is what you want when you're on a bit of a dodgy run you want the easy games Mm. to like get your confidence back um but they're very different teams aren't they we've got Brentford on Thursday and then Norwich on on Sunday yeah two home games as well which is beneficial not for me because well we're both playing football on Thursday so I might (laughs) make the game actually I might see the game in the pub I'll I'll make the game on Sunday for, for my sins um and I look forward to, to uh, analysing the second half with you, potentially. Exciting. <laughs> in person. Live, yeah. which we never really get to do uh, in this uh, post-pandemic. Well, it's not post-pandemic. We're still, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking um, pandemic world. Yeah, didn't, didn't go away. I was just living in denial. Um, yeah, what's what's the Brentford game at the weekend? Um, they're OK. They're such, it's such an odd team. Like their, their form has been very up and down. Since winning in the opening fixture against Arsenal at home, the home form has been awful, which is kind of irrelevant because we're playing them at our place anyway. Mm. But it gives you an idea of the sort of the structure they have, and it's not too dissimilar to, to the way that Conte plays is the way that uh, Thomas Frank plays. And he's a man who terrifies me because I can see the white around his, his eyes entirely. I have no doubt that he's a really nice bloke but I live in fear that he might suddenly plunge some sort of bladed <laughs> article into my chest. I don't know what it is about him. I just think he's, he's a little oh, bit perturbing def- to me. Uh, he's definitely a little bit odd. I think, we can, I think we can all look at Thomas Frank and go, would you leave your dog along, alone in the room with him? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. You, just, you look at him, you're like, I'm not so sure on you. Um, if, he was, if he got on the tube, would you change carriage? Uh, if I was on my own, probably. He strikes me as the sort of bloke where if I had to draw the sort of person who would just go around to road traffic accidents and just take photos for his own collection, he's the man I would <laughs> Oh, God. Isn't that the narrative to it? What's that Jake Gyllenhaal film? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, but we did Taylor Swift a few weeks ago, so we can't go back to him. Uh, oh, that's cutting edge satire. Like, you can't be... No, no one gets that, but... <laughs> I'm sad enough to know that sort of joke. <laughs> Try your best. No, I think, I think on on Thomas Frank and on Brentford, I I agree that they're they're an okay side. I don't think they're anything special. Um, you know, they're, they're a moneyball team. Um, a really interesting model. And um, trying to make the most of their resources. Um, I think the thing which might define this game is that I think we'll probably end up with quite a lot of the ball, and it will be how can we contain Ivan Tony when we don't have the ball because he he's an absolute uh, tank up front isn't he he's, he's such a imposing presence but he's also got the techers on the finish i mean that penalty at the mm. weekend i don't know if you saw calm. calm but it was, also it was almost rude it, 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 yeah i i wouldn't like it if my teammate did that because i i would just be scared but he's clearly at a level where he, where mm. he honestly backs it but he'll bring i think all the sort of the off the ball you know, when they're in the defensive phase, work rate that we wish Kane had. And all we can hope is that Kane brings enough of that kind of technical quality and, and elite cutting edge that, that gets us over the line. 
Um, but they will not be pushovers. Um, so I think yeah. we're in we're in for a tough game there. Um, I don't know what you're what you're predicting. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, take I'm not really sure. We need to show the same amount of fight we did in the second half against Leeds, which is going to be hard because we never come out looking like a better team. We always come into the game slowly, which I don't, I don't really know why. I haven't placed my finger on it. Um, ultimately, we're going to play two it's what, it's similar systems up against each other, but man for man, we're a better squad. Theory is there. We should win this game of football. That said, they're a fairly tenacious side. But I've got this theory in my head that we're overdue a thrashing. Because you've seen our goal difference. We've got a minus goal difference, which is embarrassing. Considering <laughs> the position we're in. Going forward. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because of all those binary results we had in the, the first half part of the season. We're overdue a thrashing. This is, this is my theory. We've had so many little games where there's just been a goal in it. Or we haven't won at all. So it's, it's overdue. It's overdue. But I can't work out whether we'll thrash both teams. Because they're both fodder but I don't, I'm not sure we will if, if we win this game I still think it'll be close it, I, if I'm optimistic it's a 2-1 win I've gone for a one-all draw um, as a mm. true Southburst um, but I then do think we'll get a thrashing on Sunday at Norwich I think we'll, we'll... they're going to thrash us <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I, I'm thinking a one-all draw against Brentford and then I'm going to say a 4-1 win on Sunday. Tanking the goals. We've had a free day off. Well, no, we've had a, an extra day on because normally after the game on Sunday, Monday would have been a recovery day. Mm. It gives you only two days to prepare for Thursday's fixture. We've now got an extra day plus, or rather minus the 90 minutes of football that weren't played, mm. which gives you much fresher players, in particular a much fresher first team who then mm. had to go in to you know, two fixtures back to back in quick succession, which are thankfully both at home. But does that put us in a in a better position for both fixtures? Do you think? Hundred um, percent. Fresher players. You're at at home, so no travel time to contend with. And you know, Conte always talks about how he he wants time with the players, um, to, you know, to kick in, um, to get those training and those patterns of play. And that's you know, when you think about Conte tactically, he really relies on players being kind of drilled into specific movements and kind of almost like, uh, yeah, patterns together. And he's going to have had time to do that. I also think a lot of players seem to be talking about how he's obsessed with body fat percentage and how he's banned God knows <laughs> fucking everything from yeah. the canteen, it seems. Apart from pasta. Pasta's still allowed. Don't worry. He's very Italian in that respect. Um, mm. But I think he's been in charge long enough now that with every day, these players will be that little bit more drilled, a little bit more aggressive, fitter, faster, cohesive. Um, So I'm going to say a one-all draw against Brentford, but then a nice big 4-1 win against Norwich. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with um, a fancy a four. We haven't scored four in a while. That would be lovely. This season, apart from against, well, Moore, ironically. Um, (laughs) We scored five, but surely we're overdue goals. It's, it's how the law of averages work. I think a lot of it will come to whether or not we can get Sonny firing again. Um, because everyone yeah. thought he was going to he was going to thrive in this three five two up front, and he keeps dropping way too deep. Um, if it was mm. me, I'd be saying to him, stop dropping into where the centre mids are and just bouncing it back. You know, you're back to goal. 
get on your bike, yeah. you know, stay with in the final third running at defenders. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So I, I hope it's why personally I prefer a three man midfield rather than a two. I'd rather see, you know, um, Skip, Hoiberg and one of Celso or uh, or Tongi in there with them. Um, and then you push Son right up and you drop Mora out of the team. Um, mm. But who knows? We'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I, I think if we don't beat Norwich, we should maybe give up football, give up the pod, <laughs> um, give up everything. Just like yeah. say goodbye and hibernate as a collective fan base until like fucking June. Yeah, That's what I reckon. I know if we gave it a pod, I'm not convinced anyone would notice. <laughs> hey, did you hear about Flav? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Flav from the Fighter Cup was on a few weeks ago, and he loves it. Well, he does. He, he alleges, but yeah, <laughs> enjoyed every month. Uh, Dean Smith from Norwich. Mm. I've, seen a lot, I've seen a fair bit of Norwich this season under their previous manager, whose name escapes me now. <laughs> I've got to think of Farker. Falker, that was it. I was thinking Falker. I was like, oh, actually, Diego Falker used to play for Spurs and did fuck all. <laughs> but that was a name from the past. Um, it was one of those cult players. I should have mentioned him in a cult 11 we did for Flav. I need to stop talking about Flav. It's weird. Um, yeah, I've not really seen much of Dean Smith Norwich. Do, do you not think... I know that they're still at the same players, but do they still have that they, bounce, that uplift? They will be slightly revitalised. Um, and they have a couple of okay footballers. Like I, I personally think Billy Gilmore's a, a, a tidy player. Um, and I actually quite like Todd Campwell, even though he got subbed off at half time, I think, in their um in their win. So he, you know, he's not mm. started well. Um but ultimately it should be as simple as you you're playing the two promoted sides who are weak with significantly worse squads than you. We've got an Antonio Conte. I think we've got to kind of put some pressure on ourselves here to be like, yeah, we're just going to go out. And we should we should be aiming to collect six points here. Anything less mm. than six points is disappointing at home to the two promoted teams. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think Norwich is shit. They've got shit players. Shit, shit town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real. Let's just Why are you still, still upsetting all of these... Regional hubs, <laughs> we keep pissing off. <laughs> I've never been to Norwich, but I, I thought it was okay from what I've heard. Like, well, all these regional hubs. I'm, I'm sorry if I, if I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan. And on Sunday, I will not be a fan of Norwich because we need the three points. Wow, brilliant. I was, um, I think we talked about it on a pod a few weeks ago, where we were looking at a run of five, five games. Um, <laughs> sort of post-Everton, who are, you know, good old Northern brothers in arms, where we would have had Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton. Yeah. And then we're into Leicester, uh, which, and then Liverpool and West Ham, which is going to be trickier games. But you're looking at those league fixtures and you think, well, actually, if we could put together four wins on the bounce, which is not necessarily beyond the realms of impossibility, could put us in quite an advantageous position in the league because, oh well, we've got that game in hand now, so it looks a bit worse than it is, as, as if we'd won the game anyway. But we do need to keep ourselves up there, and like you say, I think where we want to end up the Europa League spots is still very achievable. But we have to bear in mind it's quite congested up there at the moment. I know it's still just early, fairly early days in the season, but I'm, I hate to say it, and I say this quietly. 
Arsenal Football Club. They've just, just been they're, they're in amongst it. For the last like five fixtures, they've been quietly going about their business and picking up points. And because we, at the start of the season, we're like, ha ha, they're shit. They've got their shit ground. They're a nothing club. Arteta's got a leg of haircut. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we, we've taken our eye off the ball there. We've we had our own crisis in that time. Brought in a new manager. And during which, they've just sort of snuck up. Well, I think the... I'm not worried about Arsenal um, because fundamentally they've still got a shit striker and until they get a good striker and a good centre mid in, they won't be able to progress beyond kind of touching, you know, being on our coattails as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I think what, what you're mentioning about the fact is, it, you know, if you put together a run and you maybe get a few, few results on the bounce and how that can change things around uh, in such a tight league. Um, I liked uh, Ben Foster, cycling goalkeeper, um, mm. was, was saying the other day, he was like, I think for Watford, they view it as there's two games where fair play, they expect to probably lose them. But every other game they go into thinking, well, if we play our game, we do what we can do well. There's points on the table. Um, now, I love how much of a dig that is against <laughs> against like United, basically, because they're just beating them 4-1. But I do think it also proves that, and this is exactly to your point, really, anyone can beat anyone this league. Like, scrap, I don't know, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, just accept those are six losses, realistically, across the mm. season. But 32 other games, or no? Yeah, mm. but yeah, yeah, 32 mm. other games. Yeah. Those are the games. So those are the focuses. And what we should be doing is thinking, get a couple of back-to-back wins, maybe even a cheeky clean sheet here, get some <laughs> confidence going in the forward players. And then you head into that run of still not impossible games. You know, Leicester and West Ham, I don't think are heads and shoulders better than better than us. But, mm. you know, if you then head into those with a bit of confidence, there's possibilities. Because then you've got, you know, you've got Leicester, you've got West Ham, you've got Palace, Southampton, Watford all before uh, the 16th of Jan. So there's a nice little run there and, and that all wraps up by the by the 1st of Jan and then actually got two weeks until the North London derby. So for me, it's it's we're on a bit of a, a nice little race here where you've only got one bad fixture between now and mid-Jan. So we should be positive. Mm. Let's go get it. Come on, you swear. Yeah. And considering the, the fixture congestion at this time of year as well, um... I think we've got 10 games in 30 days. I saw someone tweet. Say someone tweet. I think it was one of the big accounts. Whatever. Um, quick maths. That, that's a game every three days on average. Mm. Um, given the, the level of opposition, and you think, well, this is where your squad depth comes into play. And I know I've just sat here and gone, our squad depth is fucking awful because of what happened this morning. <laughs> but there are some players there. Bearing in mind, three of our 11 are going to be centre-backs anyway. Mm. But I actually think our, all of our centre-backs are, are average, but that might actually be a good thing when it when it comes into having to rotate players in and out of the squad in a congested period. That actually, we might be in a better position than the majority of the teams we're going to be up against. Obviously, Leicester and West Ham are sort of, like you say, they're pretty similar to us, but once you get your... your your Watfords, your Southamptons, and um, all the other ones, the shit ones, Brighton. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look at their squad depth and you think that there's no way that they're going to be able to rotate as effectively as we can. 
that that's what we've got to hold on to because it's, it's not, not much else to hold on to. If I'm <laughs> Mate, what we hold on to is it's this is a sadly you know this is a process and you can't fix it all in one go and we know that there are some challenges we're facing but if nothing else hopefully we can get a couple of wins this week and the table would look ever better for those six points mm-hmm. i am um, i don't know if you saw it on our twitter at cock and ball underscore pod great plug see what i did great there. plug um, Sa- cr- cracking plug there. straight in there and we're on instagram and facebook I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> let's put a tweet out with six minutes to go. So, shit, we need some content because we haven't actually got a football match to talk about, really, because Burnley didn't happen. Um, I'll give you two quick ones. Uh, one from Jay Agram. Both of these are from Twitter. Uh, it just says, talk about Bergwijn's wages, which I think is absolutely fair because he's stealing an absolute living. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I, that's just a signing which hasn't worked out. I don't know why. I thought it would. I've always been an advocate. It's not. Mm. Um, I saw some rumours about him potentially going to Ajax. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, from a fairly reputable source in the yeah. Telegraph, as in the Dutch Telegraph, not the Telegraph. Telegraph. It's got lots of A's in. Um, fairly reputable newspaper out there. Mm. Fairly reliable source and these sorts of stories. Can see it happening, and I'm not against it. No, I, I wouldn't be against it either. I think as with my my view kind of about Spurs as a whole, I'd probably be more bothered about naming the players I'd like to keep than about naming the players I'd be happy to see go, if that makes sense. Like, I'll keep <laughs> yeah, these yeah. five. Any of the others we can get money for, tell them to fuck off. It's <laughs> uh, just a shame that first. the list of players that we want to keep is uh, nowhere near as long as the players we want to get rid of. <laughs> it is, but no, I, I feel his pain. Yes, he is stealing a living. Um, but we've just got to move on from him, sell him on along with a few others mm-hmm. and uh, use the money more wisely with Paratici in place next time. Yes, uh, if Paratici is still a free man by the time of the January <laughs> transfer window. Um, we'll gloss over that. There are fraud allegations, and I must stress there are allegations. Jim will be proud of us, but mm. just staying within the law. Uh, <laughs> one final one from our own brand. He's a, he's a regular. We like, we like him when he tweets us. He's normally something silly. Uh, his current handle, by the way, is Emerson Royale with cheese, but he's now changed it with brackets, mozzarella, with a little Italian flag. It's quite mm. odd. Um, Alan Dorse has come out. Messi has just won it again, which I don't really agree with. Um, but he's more making the point of, well, Kane was, was he, was he 26 or 23rd or something? 20, 23rd. Yeah, 23rd, so right. is he greatly underrated or are we more bothered about Winks not featuring at all? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I can't bring myself to talk about Winks because we've had enough enough frustrations <laughs> today to to dig into that topic. Um, I think in terms of Kane and the Ballon d'Or, it is underrated in the sense that you know he he just got most assists and most goals in the most mm. competitive you know biggest league in world football. So For a terrible that, that, team as well, which I think goes yeah, a long way. Exactly. Um, so you can't help but feel he's been a bit hard done by there. Um, would I have had him higher? Yes. I also think he, he strikes me now increasingly Kane as someone who does well in a very specific system, like the one uh, for England, which clearly caters to him so well. Um, on the Ballon d'Or more generally, um, I think it's it's tricky. I, I wouldn't have given it to Messi myself. Um, I think Lewandowski has done a mm. lot. 
but he is in a division where they are by such a distance the the kind of the dominant force. And I, I'll put it out there. I actually think that maybe the fairest winner um, would have been Mo Salah. I think I just think he's been the 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 most peak version of himself, and he's been the most yeah. leap forward which every team on the planet would have taken this year. And and we talk about you know there's a you see Carragher and, and Keane and now Ferdinand all having fucking spats left, right and centre on Twitter about, about Ronaldo and United. And Ronaldo doesn't press and Messi doesn't press. The best forward who can press is Salah. So you're, you're yeah. choosing really Salah, Salah or Lewandowski for me because the best teams in world football right now are cohesive units and they're the two who every team, every elite cohesive unit would take in their side. Yeah, and even when they've got a great team... They're still the shining light in that team in terms of goals Absolutely. anyway, which is what we live for. We fucking I love goals, mate. I love goals. Can't wait for the next two games. There's yeah. going to be goals. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, to be honest. Oh, um, Lamella's been shortlisted for the Fuskers. That's jokes. Because <laughs> for me, I've deleted that, that goal from my memory because after that, he, we lost the game and he got sent off. So... Mm. For me, it's sort of etched out of my mind as, a, as another Tottenham failure to add to the, the ever-mountaining pile. But, you know, what, what, I mean, what do you reckon? Is it, is it Puskas worthy, that goal? The Rabona? Fuck no. It's, 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 okay. <laughs> it's OK, but there's notion that it's... Uh, I think that the, the one he scored in the Europa League a few years ago, that, one, that yeah. one was special from the edge of the box. But this one, is it... I mean, essentially, yes, he does a Rabona. On the other hand, it's Lowell on the ground from about 12 yards already in the box. Glad that he's got it, but all it sounds like to me is some kind of cat food award. So he can take that and we move on. <laughs> Has a player ever... I'm asking you this, you won't know the answer, but do you reckon a player has ever won... Sorry, a club has ever had back-to-back Puskas awards? Ooh. I'd love I to know. So, they're, because they're so, like... Like they're it's very random. Well, yeah, because it can literally be like I don't know, like a team in like the Irish second division hits an absolute worldie. Yeah, there was a shortlist but, last year, and one there was a goal from Ireland, and it was obscene. But it can be literally anywhere, and obviously it includes the women's game as well, which, which is absolutely a good thing. And there's some great goals that that, that happen mean, in women's football as well. And uh, all like anywhere. I would be amazed if that was the case. But if you are a football buff and you are listening to this, and you happen to know. Uh, of, an, of a situation where mm. uh, Puskas Award has gone to the same club in consecutive years. Hit us up. We love a bit of fat trivia. Nothing like a little yeah. bit of trivia. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, the game didn't happen because of the snow. I mean, that's it. What more can we do, eh? What we can do, mate, is you can win your first game of uh, seven aside in about 12 weeks um, on Thursday. <laughs> Uh, we, can, we can hope that Spurs gets a solid six points and then yeah. on next week's pod let's see how your mighty seven aside team have done and whether Spurs are six points better off hmm yeah maybe hopefully the seven aside team match gets snowed off I'll <laughs> take a draw <laughs> but, but I, I, I'm a pessimist don't tell my teammates they don't listen we're safe yeah exactly Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.